Good evening, everyone. Uh, happy Fourth Sunday. Uh, friends, um, our first reading, David wants to do something for God, and uh, he has it in his mind, this is how it's going to be, I'm going to do this, but God has decided he has other designs, he has other things that need to be done. And uh, I can only imagine David was probably disappointed. Uh, but God points out, I'm going to do this and this, and, and by the way, you're going to be a king when I'm finished. And um, uh, God's plan of salvation for uh, the, the Jews and the Gentiles would come to fulfillment. The second reading tells us in Christ. And uh, we see how this would come to pass uh, by the reading of Luke. And last week, there was a focus on John the baptizer, uh, Jesus' cousin. And this evening, before we celebrate the incarnation, there's a focus on Mary. And uh, um, my friends, <laughs> the hip come, Lord, you were right and I was wrong. Um, seeing all of you, as usual, he was right. Because I said, oh, we will, it won't be too full this evening. Lord, don't worry about it. We have Christmas Eve. He showed me. You guys showed me. Uh, so I will ask for forgiveness uh, when I find a priest <laughs> who can do that for me. Uh, but um, I have to tell you, my heart is filled with joy to see all of you. This is what makes a priest happy, to see all of you and to hope that this would be always every Saturday and every Sunday. My tears are for joy. So let us continue here. So we hear this story, I digress. Um, I'm just filled with so much joy seeing all of you. This is a test run of tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow they will be along the wall and uh, they will be standing outside also. Uh, and so my friends, uh, we hear an incredible story. The first one's incredible. Uh, God has other plans, and uh, he has his own designs. And uh, now we hear the story from Luke, which seems almost impossible and unbelievable. And yet, uh, when a woman conceives a child, her whole life changes. And uh, when she goes to see her doctor, uh, the doctor urges her to stay healthy and um, she must maintain a good diet and avoid things that are not so healthy for her. And all of this is just not for herself, but for the well-being of the child within her womb. And we hear in this gospel about a woman, an incredible story about a woman who con conceiving a child. And it was such an extraordinary event that an archangel came to announce this fact to this girl. And it was through the power of the Holy Spirit that God willed this conception to be without a human father because this child would be very unique. But all child, all children are. But this one, no one was ever like him before and no one ever since because this one is the begotten one of the Son of God from all eternity. And in time, he became the son of Mary God had seen to Mary's spiritual health by granting her the grace and favor, having been conceived in the womb of her mother, Anne, without sin. 
people today still can't believe this. And we call it the Immaculate Conception, and they still struggle with it. God also willed her continued good spiritual well-being by preserving her from sin her entire life that did not take her free will away. She still had choices. And she still said yes, not once, but throughout her whole life. Yes to God over and over and over again. St. Luke, who tells us this wonderful story of the incarnation of Jesus, the Christ, observed that Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. We, too, should do the same and treasure and ponder the marvelous events of the incarnation and the birth of Jesus, the Christ, pondering on them in our hearts and our minds, as did Mary. And we ought to see that the, this event was not a long-ago event that happened in a far-off land, and only for Mary or just to her. These events were for us. This was God's design as much as people don't believe it. Why would a God do such a thing? Why does he act this way? It's unbelievable. Why would he, why would he prevent a, a young girl in the womb of her mother from having sin? And... Uh, how is it then that the God himself becomes incarnate within a woman? Why would he do this? And then God would come into this human world, not as an adult, not surrounded by armies and gold, in a stinky, a stinky hewn-out cave with animals. And not as an adult, he comes as a baby that needs help. All of you, I, I see all you parents, you know. You just don't have a baby and just put it in the chair. <laughs> now feed yourself and dress yourself and all that. You know. And this is God we're talking about. God who created everything. And people are like, that makes no sense. This is ridiculous. This is impossible. And then... In that, he wasn't really in a stable, it was a cave where the animals were at. And then they put him in a manger and a feeding trough. That's all there was, was a feeding trough. The irony that is about to come, that the Son of God, God is in a feeding trough. In a city called Bethlehem, the house of bread, Impossible. It's unbelievable. He would come poor and humble in the silence of an evening. He would enter into our human existence with all of its messiness. He would come and it would be dark, but eventually it would be light. And he came not to condemn, but to show mercy and forgiveness. Why would a God do that? He came when there was eternal death, so that there would be salvation and life eternal. All this seems unbelievable and impossible. Why would a God do this? So unexpected. 
And yet, here it is. Jesus made flesh in the body of a young girl, this girl named Mary, just who was in her time a nobody. Just another girl, not a queen, although her bloodline was royal. Put into a stable with animals, into a feeding trough. A feeding trough? Unexpected, and yet this is the story. An unlikely place to find God. You didn't expect to find him. In the womb of a young girl. Walking amongst us in flesh and blood. An unlikely place to find the God who created everything. And yet, there he was. Hanging on a cross, dying. In pain, in agony. An unlikely place to find the God of all creation hanging on a cross. What an unlikely place to look for God. And yet, there he was. And then he said, I will be with you always. And then under the appearance of bread and wine is God. An unlikely place to find God <laughs> on the paten and bread and wine. And yet, there he is. Who would have ever expected to find the God of creation on that altar under the appearance of bread and wine. Now do you get the irony? Beth Bethlehem? Place of bread? In a feeding trough. He was in the trough himself where the animals would come to partake and get nourishment. And then he himself would be nourishment for us. An unlikely place to find God. And it gets even more unbelievable. Mary becomes a tabernacle for God. That strewn out barn in that manger becomes the tabernacle for God. This becomes a place of dwelling for God. And then the bread and wine, the Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist. And when we receive worthily that bread, that sacred bread and wine, 
You know what I'm going to say, don't you? You take it in worthily. And then there he is within you. An unlikely place to find God in you. And yet, there he is. All of this for you. So yes, Lord, they came as you said they would. <laughs>